With the holiday season among us, are you looking for ways to cultivate an attitude of gratitude in your children? Are you concerned that the influx of presents will lead your kids to a sense of entitlement rather than a heart of thankfulness? Well, then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and find it encouraging, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a monthly or even a one-time or an end-of-the-year donation? Listeners, your support truly helps to sustain this podcast and keep it on the air. So if you feel led to partner with us, please just go to gingerhubbard.com support to donate any amount. And thank you, listeners, for your support, which enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. Long before my husband and I had kids of our own, I knew I wanted to be a homeschooling mom. But when my oldest was ready to start kindergarten, I had just had our third child, who we affectionately referred to as the baby monster. Homeschooling didn't seem possible with a kindergartner, a toddler, and a baby monster. I was so thankful that a friend introduced me to BJU Press. Their all-in-one curriculum resources gave me the confidence to homeschool at a time when it didn't seem possible. Their video lessons that, by the way, are engaging and taught by experienced teachers, those videos were a time and a sanity saver for me. Best of all, their K-5 through grade 12 all-in-one curriculum options are rooted in a solid biblical worldview. To learn more about BJU Press, go to BJUPressHomeschool.com and see what they have to offer. You'll find their parent-led resources as well as independent learning materials at BJUPressHomeschool.com. And tell them the baby monster sent you. Well, hey there, listeners. Before we get started on today's episode, we'd like to tell you that we know how busy you are during the holiday season. And with this being Thanksgiving week, we're going to strive to keep this episode short so that we can get back to, I don't know, stuffing a bunch of stuff inside the rear end of a turkey, (laughs) Uh, which when you think about it, isn't the most glamorous job there is at Thanksgiving, but it sure does taste good. (laughs) Yep. Lots of time in the kitchen over these next couple of days for most of us. And our family, Katie, I'm responsible for the sweet potato souffle and the mashed potato. So I'm up to my eyeballs in all things potato this week. (laughs) I do want to share a fun fact before we dive in, though, as it relates uh, to this week, and that's that I was born on Thanksgiving Day. So maybe that's why it's my favorite meal of the year. That's fun. Well, except for the years when you're trying to make room for an entire feast and birthday cake. That's just a (laughs) lot. Uh, Something y'all might not know about Ginger is that her stomach is pretty much the size of a golf ball. So she can only eat about (laughs) six bites before she explodes. So that had to be really trying for you throughout your childhood. (laughs) Anyway, we will try to keep this one short, but we've said that before and still wound up running our mouths for at least 30 minutes. So we'll see how it goes. And I do want to tell one funny Thanksgiving story before we end today. So we'll (laughs) see. We aren't making any promises. (laughs) All right, Ginger, I am excited to hear your ideas for teaching our children gratitude. And what better time to teach our kids gratitude than over the holiday season? Exactly. And I'm excited to offer three suggestions to help parents do just that. But first, 
I do want to say that this is not going to be an episode about teaching kids to say please and thank you or the importance of hugging grandma for the sweater she knitted that was two sizes too small. (laughs) While lessons and manners and expressing thankfulness are important and necessary, I want us to dive a little deeper and talk about biblical and spiritual gratitude, which involve so much more than just teaching children an outward display of thankfulness. The bottom line is that when children really begin to take hold of and appreciate the gift they have in Jesus, gratefulness will naturally fill their hearts and thankfulness will show up in their behavior. In short, their actions will reflect their hearts. So as always on our podcast, Ginger, we want to start with the heart. So what is the first way we can help our children learn biblical gratitude? We can teach them that biblical gratitude enjoys the gift but exalts the giver. Sure, it's beneficial for our children to look around and express appreciation for all the blessings in their lives, but the greater appreciation should be for the one through whom all blessings flow. Behind the gift is the giver. Without the giver, there is no gift. So we teach our children to, yes, enjoy the gift, but to center the giver as the object of their gratitude. Hmm. How many times do we witness children in books and on shows close their eyes, bow their heads, fold their hands and say, thank you, God, for, and then they rattle off a long list of the people they love and the things they enjoy. But is God or the gift the object of their gratitude? God is the giver of good gifts. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. So when they bow their heads and pray at night, let's help them to appreciate the gift, but to focus on God as the object of their gratitude. We can pray with them something like, Lord, every good and perfect gift comes from you. Thank you for providing us with a warm house. Thank you for giving daddy a job to earn money to pay for it. Or thank you for giving mommy a job to earn uh, money to pay for it. Thank you for giving grandma good health and for the time we get to enjoy with her. Thank you for the toys I get to play with. I am grateful to you for all of these things. Modeling prayers that give thankfulness to God teach our children that the object of their gratitude is the giver. So again, we want to encourage our children to enjoy the gifts, but to exalt the giver. Oh man, that's so convicting right off the bat because... I know I'm guilty at times of thanking God for all of our things and not always dwelling on the giver himself. Actually, I think my seven-year-old is better at this than I am. His prayer always (laughs) includes somewhere in it, God, thank you for these gifts that we don't deserve. Mm. And I just think that's such a beautiful uh, thing that he thinks of that, that we Mm. don't deserve it. And they're all gracious gifts from God. Mm -hmm. That's sweet, Grayson. He's got such a tender heart. He does. Well, Ginger, what is the second way we can help our children learn biblical gratitude? We can teach them that biblical gratitude gives glory to God in all things. It's wise and beneficial to teach our children to thank God for specific blessings, as we just mentioned, such as their home, their family, and even material things that they enjoy. Those are good gifts. But if that's the extent of their gratitude, are they really learning to be grateful to God in all things? Mm -hmm. Of course, we should encourage our children to look around and acknowledge the good gifts God has given them and to give Him thanks. But let's instill in them a deeper gratitude by teaching them to be thankful, not just for the gifts He gives, 
but for the God he is. The problem with teaching children to only be thankful for the people and things that bring them pleasure is that it encourages a self-focused, self-serving kind of gratitude. Whereas 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says that we are to, quote, rejoice always, pray continually, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Giving thanks in all circumstances means expressing gratitude, even in the hard things, even in the things that don't bring pleasure. That's the kind of deep gratitude that says, Lord, I trust in your sovereignty, and I'm thankful for your goodness in all things, not just the things that serve my purposes, but yours, not just the things that are easy and pleasurable and that I understand, but also the things that are difficult that I don't understand. Mm, makes me think about Paul and the thorn in his flesh and how mm. he gave thanks for the thorn in his flesh. It's a hard thing to do. It is. It really is. So how then, Ginger, do we instill that kind of gratitude in our children? How does it look from a practical standpoint? Well, Katie, I think it, it's really shown in our example. Mm-hmm. What if mom or dad loses that job we thanked God for providing? We still express gratitude to God. We pray with our children, Lord, we thank you that we can trust you in all things. We don't know what you have in store. We don't know why this happened, but we know that you are in control and that you are sovereign and that you take care of your children. We thank you that just as you grow the flowers in the fields and provide food for the birds in the air, you will provide us with all that we need because you say you will, and we trust in your promises. Mm. When we give thanks to God, even in the midst of difficulties and hardships, we're reminded of who He is and why He is worthy of all our praise and gratitude in everything. That's what it means to give thanks to God in all circumstances. Okay, so Ginger, I want to confess, it it's easier for me in times of extreme difficulty, extreme hardship, to focus on that because really in those moments, that's when we rely on God the most. Mm-hmm. But... It's easy to find myself complaining out loud when it's the little inconveniences in life, like traffic or messes my kids make right after I clean the house or being late for something. All of these can cause my frustration to well up and for ingratitude, maybe even anger to seep into my words and behaviors toward the people I love and especially towards the people I don't love, like a person who cuts me off in traffic. Uh, So I think one of the greatest epidemics in our modern culture is this addiction to our own pleasure. And every single deviation from that is an excuse for us to express our anger towards those we believe are responsible for our displeasure, our family, our kid's soccer coach, uh, an aggressive driver, the drive through worker who forgot my dipping sauce, whatever. Uh, <laughs> if we really pay attention to how we respond to just the slightest annoyances in our life, we might get some insight into why our children express ingratitude and then eventually anger in the ways they respond to life's annoyances as well. And by the way, I believe that ingratitude is almost always linked to a deep-seated anger. Mm-hmm. And while true heart change is always and only initiated by God, we do know from Scripture that foolish behaviors can be, in a way, contagious. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Evil company corrupts good habits. And then Proverbs 13.20 says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. So if we want to see gratitude in our children, we must model it and not expect from them 
what we ourselves aren't demonstrating on a daily basis. So Ginger, I love your encouragement to pray out loud even in those times when we feel ourselves wanting to express our own ingratitude. Yes. And let me just say that this is just as convicting for me. I don't Mm -hmm. always set the right example. So I'm spurring myself on as much as I am anyone else here. Right. Well, I was going to say something to you, but (laughs) (laughs) all right, Ginger, what is the third lesson we can teach our children about biblical gratitude? We can teach them that biblical gratitude delights in giving more than receiving. When the object of gratitude is Jesus, God's children find it more blessed to give than to receive. That's Acts 20, verse 35. Certainly, there is joy in receiving and joy in praising God for the great things He has done and thanking Him for the blessings and gifts we've received from Him. But there is also joy in giving to others and witnessing them receive blessings from the Lord through our gifts. Mm. And that's a joy our children can begin to experience at a very young age. I do love that idea. So what are some practical ideas you have, Ginger, for teaching even young children to express gratitude through giving to other people? One thing we used to do over the holiday season is make food baskets and take them to local families in need. We got names and addresses from our church. Another idea is to have the children earn and save their money to give to a charity. You could research a couple of charity organizations online, share their mission with your kids, look at the websites with your kids, and let them pray about and pick which ones that they feel led to give to. They could also pack a shoebox of gifts to give to a child less fortunate. And as far as ages, not really knowing, you know, age-appropriate gifts. You can get ideas for age-appropriate gifts on the Operation Christmas Child website. That is a great website for that. Mm -hmm. I I checked that out. So we'll have Heather put a link to that in the show notes. Another idea is to let them help bake cookies or help prepare a meal to take to someone in need. Even a small child can add a few ingredients and help stir. Encourage them to color a picture, or if they're older, write a note of encouragement and include a scripture about Jesus, who is the greatest gift of all. Then take your children with you to deliver those things, because letting them be an active part of serving and giving is a wonderful way to help cultivate an others-oriented mentality, which also cultivates gratefulness in their hearts. Oh, I also, uh, Katie, we got a listener idea that came in through Instagram from Melanie, who said that her family loves the giving manger. Melanie Mm -hmm. wrote this. She wrote, we start in December and do it throughout the month. It helps our kids stay focused on serving during a time of frequent blessing and oftentimes discontentment. Mm. Katie, I'd never heard of the Giving Manger, so I did some research and found out that it is a faith-based, interactive family tradition that encourages acts of kindness, focuses on the joy of giving, and honors the real reason for Christmas, which we all know is Jesus. Mm. Uh, It comes as a boxed set that includes a hardcover picture book, a wooden manger, a bunch of straw, and a baby Jesus figure. Everything your family needs to start this wonderful tradition. Uh, So you read the story, and then basically how it works is you place the empty manger in a prominent spot in your house, and then in the days leading up to Christmas, family members place a piece of straw in the manger each time they perform a kind deed or act of service, which prompts even young children to look for ways to love and serve others. The description uh, on the website reads, quote, As your family works together to fill the manger with straw, your hearts and home will fill with the joy and contentment that comes not from wish list and getting, but from giving and loving others. On Christmas Day, your family can place the baby Jesus in the manger, now full of the straw that represents the acts of love and service done in honor of Jesus' birth. 
I like that. Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. a great family tradition that teaches kids gratitude through the joy of serving others. So we'll, we'll have Heather put a link to that kid in the show notes as well. All right. So Katie, how, uh, what kind of ideas do you have to share? Well, I will say about the giving manger, we have that. We have not consistently used it. In fact, we've never once used it. My aunt gave it to me. I love the idea of it, but I'll just go ahead and be really honest with you, Ginger. I find it very difficult with those types of traditions to do things consistently, especially during a season when we schedule ourselves half to death. And mm-hmm. that yeah. that would be an encouragement to families out there and to myself <laughs> is, am I leaving any margin for serving others during that season? Or is it all about the activities that really serve my children? And while that is a good thing to, you know, be a servant to our children, what are we teaching them when they become the focus of that season, when their pleasure, their experiences, their activities become the focus of that season? So this is just a real reprimand for me more than anything else, but I think it might be helpful to others. Well, it's so easy. It's so easy for it our is. focus to be on our children, and we mm-hmm. want them to have great memories of the holidays. But you're right, Katie, the focus is on Jesus. And so, right. yes, we can enjoy the the festivities and, and the fun things we do with our children, but at the same time, we absolutely have got to be intentional about keeping Jesus the focus. And so I think things like the giving manger are ways that we can be uh, help ourselves be accountable to do just that. Right, because it's probably not going to happen on accident that right. we intentionally serve others. When we've scheduled all these other things and put them on the calendar, uh, there's just no margin left right. for those same. things. So, yep, same yeah. here, I get it. But one idea I have is to contact an organization that deals with orphaned children or disabled adults. So for privacy reasons, you likely won't be given a name or other personal information, but your family can still be a huge blessing to a child or a young adult who has no family. And I'm thinking specifically older teenagers and young adults who are often overlooked in giving at Christmas time. One of the benefits of giving in this way is that we aren't able to get that prideful satisfaction for our own glory. Mm, And that's that's a real temptation for me Mm -hmm. when it comes to giving. Um, There might not be an expression of gratitude on their part because they don't know you and you don't know them. But giving anonymously is clearly biblical for the reason I just said. Mm -hmm. Uh, our, Our kids have heard us often quote Matthew 6, 2 through 4, which says, So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, and this is terrifying, they have received their reward in full. Hmm. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Uh, But Ginger, I also love the idea of being generous with our time as well as our money. Too often, and we were just talking about this, we fill our schedules with all these Thanksgiving and Christmas experiences for our kids because we want them to have fond childhood memories. And I don't think those things are bad. But do we also make time in our busy holiday schedules to serve those in need or those who are lonely? I think it's important for us to ask ourselves, if we're leaving no margin in our lives for the Spirit to work in us and through us, are we resistant to interruptions by the needs of those around us because we have so much to do? Are we forgetting that the needs around us aren't interruptions to our orderly lives, but rather opportunities for us to be the hands and feet of Mm, Jesus? So So 
that's my encouragement to our listeners. Let some of your giving be done in secret, uh, but, you know, include your children in that as well. You're giving in secret as a family. And then remember that if we're believers in Christ, our time, much like our money, is not to be viewed as our own. We are conduits of God's grace and generosity in the lives of the people around us. Mm. That is great encouragement, Katie. So those are just a few simple ways you can teach your children to love and serve others, which helps cultivate gratitude in their hearts. Listeners, we hope you've been encouraged in how you can steer your children to gratitude this holiday season. And our prayer is that after all the gifts have been unwrapped and all the decorations put away, they will continue to live an others-oriented, Jesus-exalting life and experience the joy of being grateful to God in all things. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. And today's quick tip is courtesy of me. And this is the story I teased at the top of the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a cautionary tale, really, which all of my cooking stories are going to be cautionary tales. (laughs) Uh, Here's my quick tip. If you're so prepared for Thanksgiving or Christmas that you make your pecan chocolate pie ahead of time and put it in the freezer to be ready on that day, just make sure you take off the neon blue plastic wrap that's beneath the foil before you place that pie in the oven. Otherwise, (laughs) you will embarrass yourself in front of your guests. (laughs) And Ginger, my guests that very special Thanksgiving happened to be all of my British neighbors, uh, which made that whole situation even more hilarious and humiliating. (laughs) I pull this beautiful pie out and it's neon blue. (laughs) It's awful. They'll Um, never forget it. Oh, they never will. Yeah, because we we did end up having dessert that day, thankfully, because my mother-in-law came over and helped. She made other desserts. She came to the rescue. She rescued me. (laughs) But that's my story. Uh, But the real quick tip here is the chocolate pecan pie. I'm from Georgia, so we say pecan. (laughs) The chocolate pecan pie recipe, which we will put in the show notes because Mm. it is so delicious. Just make sure you either skip the plastic wrap altogether or (laughs) better yet, because it does help protect it when you freeze it. How about writing in big black letters, remove plastic wrap before baking? I wish I had done that. But then they wouldn't, and all those British friends wouldn't have that great story to tell. Exactly. And they can talk about their stupid American neighbor (laughs) (laughs) forgot to take it off. Uh, Katie, I do have to ask, is that your mom's recipe? Because everything Precious makes is Mm -hmm. absolutely delicious. My mouth is still watering (laughs) thinking about that peanut butter chocolate fudge she made for me just a few months ago. And she was so sweet. She gave me it in my own container with my name on it so I didn't have to share she labels everything. So we could learn a good lesson from my mom. She literally labels with a Sharpie everything in her kitchen. <laughs> the date, the expiration date, all that. I'm not uh, surprised. But this, this is actually not my mom's recipe. I found it on the All Recipes website. It's not nearly as good as mom's fudge, but it is a whole lot easier to make, assuming you take off the plastic. If you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, (laughs) uh, what not to do while cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, Ginger, as always, I appreciate you helping us to keep our focus where it needs to be in our parenting, which is on the finished work of Christ 
and how we can live out a life of gratitude ourselves so that we can model that for our children. So can you leave us with a final word of encouragement? Mm, Sure. We chose to focus on biblical gratitude in this episode because biblical gratitude ushers in spiritual perspective. As our children learn to give gratitude to God, they move from pride and entitlement to humility and service. The more credit and glory they give to God, the less they take. So Mm. let's point our children to the goodness and faithfulness of our Lord so that they will walk in thankfulness and joy and with deep and genuine gratitude for the great things he has done. Thank you so much, Ginger. And thank you listeners for joining us today. Are you looking for fun and Christ-centered Christmas gifts for your children or grandchildren, or maybe your nieces and nephews? Well, today we're offering both of Ginger's children's books, co-authored with Al Roland, at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. Sam and the Sticky Situation is a book about whining. Ever heard of it? (laughs) And Chloe in the Closet of Secrets is a book about lying. These charming stories are quirky and they have fun illustrations to help children understand that there are better ways to communicate than whining. They talk about the importance of being truthful and most importantly, they talk about how we can always turn to Jesus for help. So again, just use the code parenting at checkout at gingerhubbard.com and get 10% off both of those books. And listeners, remember, when you purchase through gingerhubber.com, rather than other online retailers, you are helping to support our ministry and this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for your support. As always, we look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. And while true heart change is always and only initiated by God, we do know from scripture that foolish behaviors can be, in a way, contagious. 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 Contagious, (laughs) Dander. Wow. It's early. It is early. (laughs) This is the first time we've recorded this early, so yeah, it could be contagious. I mean, it's like super early. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) That's like the middle of the night for me sometimes.